Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Um, This is one of our earlier episodes that we are doing, and in the process of figuring out how we want this to go, we've decided to try to limit our stories to about 20 to 30 minutes. So this is one of the first ones that we're doing. So please enjoy this episode and give us some feedback if you are liking it or if you have any um, uh, criticisms that you think would make anything a little bit better. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Okay, well, we're going to continue our series and on the Virginia presidential or Virginia presidents. And we've talked earlier on uh, Thomas Jefferson, but we're going to focus this uh, broadcast on the Barbary pirates and uh, Thomas Jefferson and the fact that this really was our first foreign war. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Uh, some background. The, in northern Africa, uh, it was called the Barbary Coast. There were four nations, Morocco, Algiers, Tunis, and Tripoli. Tripoli today we know as Libya. Uh, they actually were had... Uh, Pirate activity uh, in the in the Mediterranean, Mediterranean, and then uh, off the east coast of uh, once you get once you went through uh, the uh, straits there, uh, and then went up toward uh, west of Spain out in the ocean. Um, there was pirate activity. Are we talking like the classic pirates you think of, like Ahoy Matey, Walk the Plank, all that kind of stuff? Well, maybe not so much Walk the Plank, but uh, yes, uh, kind of typical pirate activity. And in particular, not only would they, they capture the ships and the goods on the ships, but they would enslave uh, the crews. Mm. And believe it or not, uh, and I was amazed to see this figure... But up until the late 1700s, for almost 250 years, this pirate activity had been going on. And there are estimates that up to 1.5 million people had been enslaved by these pirates. Oh my gosh. All the way up to, and they would even make raids up into uh, as far north as Ireland. There's a report of one raid uh, it was called the town of Baltimore, Ireland, that pretty much the entire town was taken one night. So this pirate and slave activity actually had been going on for quite a while. Uh, it even got to the point where there were several European nations that said, we, instead of the expense of trying to fight this, uh, they would pay ransom to the leaders of these countries uh, to leave them alone, essentially. They made a deal and said, okay, if you won't take our people and you won't have this pirate activity against us, we'll pay you not to, not to do that. So, so they paid pirates to leave them alone. Yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what was going on. Hmm. Um, so when the United States became a country, they were dealing with 
all of these things. Yeah, too. well, so, so the couple of the countries that were paying ransom were England and France. Um, so the pirates were leaving them alone. So at the end of the American Revolution, now the United States has our independence. Eight, it's 1783. Well, one of the... Uh, uh, consequences of that were the the British basically said, okay, you're your own nation now. You're on your own. Mm -hmm. We're not going to protect your ships. And guess what? Essentially, other than a very, very small activities during the revolution by John Paul Jones and some others, we had no Navy. Mm -hmm. So we have no Navy to protect our ships. Our ships are trying to trade around the world, in particular over into the Mediterranean. So in 1785, there were a couple of ships called the Dauphin and the Maria. And there was a guy named Richard O'Brien who was captured anyway. So now Americans are being enslaved. We have debts from the revolution. So we have to have trade to pay off those debts. Uh, one-fourth of New England export of dried salt cod, one-sixth of grain exports, and rice, lumber. That all goes to Southern Europe. Well, now we can't, if we can't get through there and we're getting captured by pirates, that trade goes away. Our ability to pay off our debt goes away and uh, insurance costs for American ships skyrocket. So there's all sorts of issues with this. Um, so that's kind of the background. Uh, in 1786, uh, John Adams, and who is by then, he's been over in France with Jefferson, but now he's over in England. He and Jefferson actually meet uh, with Tripoli's ambassador. The guy's name was Sidi Haji Abrahamon. And they meet with him and... Uh, Going into that meeting, though, Jefferson and Adams, they know what the going rates are for some of the various European countries, like Denmark, Sweden, Portugal. In other words, what are they paying? So they're trying to go over and barter with them? Or are they trying to... Well, they're, what they're going to do is say, hey, what right do you have to capture American ships? We, we haven't ever done anything to you, is what they so say. So I'm confused. Is the na This is a nation of Tripoli. Mm-hmm. Are Tripoli people then doing this, or are the pirates doing it? Because I thought the pirates. pirates are doing well. The people there, but uh, the leaders are—they have pirate activity that they are supporting, mm. and it's getting them not only the you know the the pirates the the goods, but they are enslaving some mm. of the people. Mm. And it's and what they've. The leaders have figured out, as I mentioned earlier, they say, oh, well, hey, we're getting some money as ransom so that these we won't have our pirates touch their ships. So it's a source of income for them, hmm. not only the people, but actually the leaders. Um, so they try to go negotiate with this Tripoli guy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And basically what that leader tells them is, hey, if you're not Muslim... If you're an infidel, mm. you're fair game. We, Interesting. You, we can do that, and it's okay for us to make slaves of your people. Hmm. So, 
This infuriates both of them. Jefferson and Adams. Jefferson and Adams, yes. Uh, they're, of course, reporting this back. To, and during this time is when the Articles of Confederation, those are weak. We eventually end up with the Constitution, Constitutional Convention. We get the, our Constitutional our constitution ratified. Now we have a government and a president. Who's the president at this time? Well, the first president, of course, was George Washington. This problem continues to go on. Jefferson has it in the back of his mind that this is two things that he absolutely abhors. He, he doesn't like uh, religious uh, fanaticism in terms of, you know, saying just because uh, we are Muslim, we have this right to do this to you. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't like monarchy. So he keeps this in the back of his mind, but actually Adams and Jefferson have a difference of opinion on how to handle this. Adams looks at it and believe it or not, Adams actually thinks that it might be okay to pay. It could very well probably be cheaper just to pay like these other European countries do. Hmm. Jefferson is appalled and he's like, no. Well, Adams is the president after uh, Washington. Washington. There are actually some treaties that they attempt to uh, negotiate with the pirate states. Uh, Adams then, interestingly enough, gets a navy uh, works with the Congress, and our first Navy is built, uh, 1797. In fact, well, there's some interesting books that I'll try to post later, but uh, um, there are six frigates that are built uh, under the Adams administration. Interestingly enough, What's a, just frigate? A, a frigate is not quite as big, big as a, the largest warships at the time. Oh, okay. They're more like uh, 44-gun warships as opposed to 60- or 80-gun warships. Mm. But they're capable. They're agile. Um, so it's our, it's our first, essentially, real Navy. There had been some attempts earlier than that during the Revolution with John Paul Jones. Uh, just one interesting aside, there's, of course, a, as there is to this day, when you give a contract for building... Uh, military hardware. Where's it going to be built? Who gets the contract? Mm -hmm. Those six frigates were actually built in several different places. They didn't just pick one place to build them. Mm. So there was a little issue along the way of, you know, standardization and, you know, quality of who's doing the best building. But anyway, so we get, uh, we get those frigates built. Um, finally though, uh, in spite of the treaties and in spite of Adams trying to get some authorization for that, essentially um, the, when Jefferson becomes president, he's had this in the back of his mind. He's had these incidents along the ways over the last several years. And he decides, we're not going to put up with this anymore. Um, you can so, read. sorry, in the meantime, while Adams was president, was he actually paying these states then? He was negotiating? He or? was negotiating. Uh, I'd have to double check on how much money actually was 
there was one incident in 1800 that was under a, it was called Captain William Bainbridge. He's commanding the USS George Washington that is carrying tribute to the Al Algerians. And that's, mm. that is overdue. So yeah, there was some effort. Uh, well, in fact, one of the problem was that the ship was commandeered uh, to take supplies, people, and slaves to, to Constantinople by the leader of Algiers. Hold on. So, so Adams is president, and he's sending a ship of supplies, slaves, all sorts of goods to Algeria? Well, not slaves, Algiers. but... Uh, oh, I thought you said slaves. Well, they, they, their whole thing is to make people, if they capture these ships, they'll make slaves out of the, the people. But, but if they anyway, deliver all the goods on their own. So essentially, even though Adams with this... Uh, USS George Washington is, mm -hmm. is carrying this to them, but instead they commandeer it. Oh, so they become slaves because they got well, captured. Well, the Bainbridge is um, humiliated. Um, the, way, the way to think of this is we are trying to work through this. Adams is more of the, of the line of paying off and the main thing to keep in mind is once Jefferson gets in power, he's no longer going to put up with it. I see. Okay. okay. So that makes sense? Yeah. I mean, no, you, I was... you can get into a lot of detail of, of, you know, who was negotiating, you know, with who, who ended up, you know, there were four of these nations. Um, you can look at all, all the detail, but the big picture to keep in mind is... Adams gets a net, you know, and the Congress get a Navy built. That Navy, even though it's small, it's new and it's agile. Jefferson now has a Navy when he takes over. Mm -hmm. Jefferson not going to put up with it anymore. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things he does in his presidency is he sends over some of this new Navy over into the, to the to the Mediterranean, mm -hmm. he discusses it with his cabinet because you know we're still early in our history, and the whole issue that Jefferson, one of the things he's worried about is what do I have, what powers do I have as president to do this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, what he actually does is send the fleet over, or actually, the he sends four ships over initially. And he doesn't tell Congress because they are out on hiatus. Mm -hmm. They're not in session. When Congress comes back, he essentially kind of goes, by the way, <laughs> this is what I did. <laughs> so don't and ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. That's essentially kind of what he did. He was, you know, he, he wanted to get the action started, but he didn't want to, the Congress telling him initially, so he thought if they got far enough away before he could contact them, <laughs> you know. But, on um, you know, in his defense, he did talk to Congress, and he got the, the subject going so that he eventually got uh, the Congress to give him permission to do what he'd already done. Um, after that, after he did it. Yeah, so February, so it was, let's see. 
1801, so Jefferson has just become president. He actually received word that the Tripoli, Bay, they called it the Bay Shaw, had increased demand in annual tribute. So that was another, you know, okay, we already were planning on do this, but now it wasn't even enough. Now you're asking us for even more money. So that was another thing that, that upset him. So in February of 18, so he sends the fleet off February of 1802. Congress approves. It's called the Act for the Protection of Con Commerce and Seamen of the United States Against Tri Tripolitan Corsairs. So now Jefferson can send as many ships as he needs and do whatever it takes to keep American ships safe. So that the takeaway from that is he probably maybe stepped out a little too quick, but when Congress came back, he worked with them and Congress recognized the problems that were being caused. So he did get his, his act approved. Um, Long story short, for almost two years, at that point, they actually make some bad choices of the leadership. Who is they? Uh, well, Jefferson and, and working with Congress to uh, put the people in charge of the effort over there. So for almost two years, there's not a whole lot of progress being made. So it's actually, uh, uh, and if you, if you go back and look at U.S. Navy history and some of the famous names in Navy history, this is where some of the first names come up that you recognize even to this day were for the actions that eventually got taken over in the Mediterranean. Um, so... So, so let me, uh, I'll put on a Facebook page some, some references. Uh, one of the primary ones is uh, Thomas Jefferson and the Tripoli Pirates, The Forgotten War That Changed American History. That's by Brian Kilmeade. Um, that's the book that kind of dives into all this? Yeah, that's one of the main, and it's not an overwhelming book. It yeah, talks. it looks small compared to the rest of them in your library. <laughs> Yeah, but, but names like Preble, um, Bainbridge, uh, Stephen Decatur. Um, one, let me mention just one specific incident. incident. Uh, October of 1803, one of our newest ships, the USS Philadelphia, uh, is over in the Mediterranean off of Tripoli and runs aground. Um, so it gets up on a, on a shoal or rock or whatever. Mm -hmm. They they recognize, okay, we're in trouble. So they try to destroy as much of it as they can so that the, when the pirates come out, they can't take, you know, valuable. They, uh, destro they destroyed the ship or well, what they, was in the ship? They, well. Both. Both. They were trying to, but they didn't get enough of it done. So um, the pirates capture they get that ship, it actually later, they're able, uh, the water comes up and uh, long story short is they get the Philadelphia into port. So now that's a great victory for them. Um, but then later on, uh, 
in February of 1804, Stephen Decatur, and uh, it was in a captured ship that they renamed the USS Intrepid, boards the Philadelphia and destroys it. So they actually go in, find the ship in the port, attack it, and destroy it so now the pirates don't have the USS Philadelphia. I that see. actually was a very impressive uh, feat and even some of the British, uh, you know, of course the Brits have the preeminent navy in the, the world, they were even impressed that Decatur was able to go in and do that. Mm. You know, they were, they were still paying, they were still paying so that they wouldn't have to deal with all of this. So anyway, a long story short, uh, you can get into a lot of the details, but um, eventually there is a guy named William Eaton, who is one of the uh, ambassadors. Uh, he comes back to the U.S. and tries to convince Wait, Jefferson. he's an ambassador for who? Um, which one... Uh, That's a good question. I apologize. I don't know off the top of my head. He was, let's see. But he's coming to talk to Jefferson? Yeah, he's coming back and talking to Congressman Jefferson and trying to say, hey, I've got an idea to actually do a land campaign mm. against the uh, Tripoli Pirates. And... What he does is he learns that one of them, I think it was the, the uh, Tripoli leader, um, who has actually killed his brother. He has two brothers. The one that was in charge, he kills. So he's in charge now and exiles the second brother. Well, Eaton contacts that other brother um, and convinces him. He says, hey, if you get some of your guys and we'll put some of our military together, we'll actually go put you back in charge. Oh. We'll depose your brother. Mm -hmm. So Eaton goes over, it's in uh, the eastern part of the Mediterranean. Congress agrees to this? Um, yeah. He uh, goes back to the Mediterranean. He's on board a, a flagship with the approval to have the ex-Bashaw, the, the brother, mm -hmm. take over for his brother. Um, so yeah, in fact, uh, James Madison, Secretary of State, Eaton had gotten approval and he got $20,000 approved in Congress and Madison and they uh, you know, he gets the okay to try and do this uh, uh, this effort. Hmm. Well, this is one of the very first things that the, uh, so the Navy comes into existence and then the Marines come into existence in the late 1890s. Eaton takes all of 10 Marines and then a bunch of essentially, um, you know, the other forces that the Bashaw, what do they call them? Uh, so the exiled brothers, guys, and yes. 10 Marines, that's yeah. all, and $20,000. And they're going to go, and it's actually one of the more amazing um, uh, 
expeditions because uh, Eaton goes to Egypt uh, aboard a U.S. ship. He has two Navy midshipmen, eight Marines, and he gets the brother along with these mercenaries. Mm -hmm. And they head across northern Africa, um, and they actually assault... Um, in fact, the, the specific make makeup of their group is that there's 10 Americans, 90 Tripolitans, and uh, about 300 Greek and Arab mercenaries. Oh. <laughs> Where did they so come So they from? march across, uh, a real tough march across the northern coast of Africa toward what's now Libya, but Tripoli back then. Uh, there is a city along the way named Dern, D-E-R-N-E. -E. Um, they have a battle there, and this force that has been cobbled together actually wins this battle. Um, the city falls, fell within like two and a half hours. <laughs> And so now the word gets back to the Beisha, the Beisha, this Yusuf, who's in charge. He sees his brothers along the way, and now he's worried. So he's got a combination of naval, uh, you know, Navy th uh, expeditions going against him, and now he's got this land, land force. Mm -hmm. Well, at that point, there's a uh, one of the uh, ambassadors back in the U.S. named Tobias Lear. Um, starts negotiating and essentially kind of undermines that victory. But for, uh, so Lear actually negotiates, gives a little bit of money, but gets the release of the USS Philadelphia captives. Forces have to evacuate um, and ends up with a tr treaty that stops the conflict with Tripoli. American shipping is flowing freely again, and there's no longer, at that point, no longer any attacks taking uh, American shipping and uh, sl making slaves out of them. Now, we'll kind of end up the story by letting telling everybody that wasn't the end of all of this. The other leaders of the other nations uh, kind of go back and forth. Eventually, it goes into the War of 1812 before Madison sends another fleet over there under Stephen Decatur and others. And that's when the final... Um, because, uh, interestingly enough, uh, the Brits were still not happy about losing America. So during the War of 1812, at the, urge, early, excuse me, at the urging of the Brits, Barbary pirates again began began taking Americans as prisoners. Um, in 1815, Congress reauthorized re return to the region. Uh, the, Alger the leader of Algiers declares war on the U.S. Stephen Decatur leads tens warships and is highly um, successful, uh, obtains a peace treaty with Algiers, Full shipping rights, no further demands, sales to Tunis, successful there, sales to Tripoli, successful there. Um, but pretty much all this started to end with Jefferson getting into power, 
as the president and using the Navy that Adam started to to yes, that's wrap a, that's a good up. summary. So I'm confused though. Why did the Greeks and the where did these mercenaries come from with this tiny little army that they hodgepodge together? Why Remember, did they, they were in Egypt? They were over in Egypt and had access, but uh, the way to think of that essentially is mercenaries are mercenaries in that era <laughs> of history. Well, even for hundreds of years, if countries didn't have enough forces, it was an acceptable thing to go outside your country and hire other people and say, we'll pay you if you fight, fight for us. I see. So, okay. So they put that little army together and that was kind of the beginning of the end. Yeah. And Presley O'Bannon was the Marine. And if you, to this day, if you uh, listen to the Marine Corps hymn, Mm -hmm. you know what the first line of it is? Mm -hmm. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Ah. And that's where the shores of Tripoli, because because of O'Bannon and then these Marines, mm-hmm. not many of them, but they were there. And Ten they, of them? Yeah. <laughs> Just ah. one, other, one other quick background. Jefferson, a personal note uh, on Jefferson also on how he was enraged. Uh, not all, you know, from the original me- meeting, he and Adams... Uh, where they got told, hey, you know, you're infidels, so we can do this to you. You know, it's legal for us to do this and then enslave you Americans. He becomes minister to France. Um, he goes over to France. He takes his oldest daughter with him. Uh, he leaves two daughters back in Virginia. The youngest daughter, Lucy, Unfortunately, she dies. So now Jefferson is very agitated, upset, because he's worried about his surviving daughter. Uh, They called her Polly. Um, So he wants to bring her over to Paris also. He thinks he has an arrangement with one of his family members to do that, but it ends up that Sally Hemings brings, is is the escort for his daughter bringing her over to Paris. But one of the reasons I bring this up in terms of the whole Tripoli issue is Jefferson was concerned enough, because this is the mid-1780s, we don't have a Navy yet, we are an independent country, but we don't have a Navy to protect ourselves. He insisted that the ship that brings his daughter, and it turns out Sally Hemings, over to Paris is a French or British ship, because then he knows that they won't be attacked by the pirates. Mm. So at that point, here your minister to France basically recognizes that we don't, the United States can't even protect people going over that they might get caught by pirates. Mm. So he insisted that uh, it be, and I don't remember, I think it actually ended up being a British ship. ship. I'd have to double check about that, but... um, Anyway, so interest the um, interesting thing to me about the Tripoli pirates are, uh, you know, in fact, all the the Barbary pirates was it set the stage for how Americans, you know, what what's the power of the president, you know. What's the you know obviously today the Congress has the power of the purse and the act declares war, 
but there's still debate to this, even to this day. Um, Jefferson, though, decided it was important to the national interest that he go at, not wait. And he sent the Senate out and got the whole thing started. And actually, the European powers were, believe it or not, were impressed because they were like, hey, these Americans, even though they don't have a whole lot yet, they're taking this on. Mm. They're not putting up with, you know, because it was part of their budgeting process right. each year that the, the European nations would say, okay, well, here's how much we're going to have to pay to the, you know, this the ransom pirates. to these guys <laughs> so they don't, you know, they don't attack our ships and uh, enslave our people. So, so it, was it a domino effect? Other countries stopped paying them and... Uh, eventually, yeah, it took quite a while, but once they saw, well, here's even this upstart nation that doesn't have much of a Navy, but it used it effectively. Hey, maybe we ought to start thinking about doing that too. Hmm. So. Hmm. That's yeah. a good story. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Okay. Well, we will, uh. I'll put some on my Facebook page, the American History Tours. Uh, I'll put some of this reference background, so if people want to read more specifically about it, I'll put that on there. And the next, uh, I think the next subject we'll talk about with Jefferson, because it was so important, was the, we'll talk about the Louisiana Purchase. And a guy named Toussaint Louverture, the Haitian Revolution. Okay. Well, thanks, Deb. Okay. All right. See you guys soon. Thanks.